0: Do you stay up at night and wonder who the Astros are going to pick with the number one pick this year? Wait, they don't have the number one pick. Wait, they don't even have a first round pick. They don't even have a second round pick. When are the Astros going to pick? Well, we'll have to talk about that on today's Locked on Astros podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to Locked on Astros, your daily Astros podcast. Here are your hosts, Eric, the man Heisman, and Brett, H-Town wheelhouse chancy.
0: We are Locked On East and Astros, and we hope that you join us for a daily Locked On Astros podcast. My name is Eric Heisman. You can find me on Twitter at Eric EricTalkStros. You can find the show at Locked On Astros. Your team, every day. Brett, where can you find you at?
2: You can find me at H Town Wheelhouse on Twitter and at strohs four one one on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always positive, always Strows.
0: All right, guys, I've got a secret to tell y'all. If y'all want to know about all the great prospects in the Astros system and baseball in general, you gotta you gotta listen to my boy Aaron Layton, and he's he does the Locked On MLB prospects, and he does it every day, and he talks about all the Astros prospects. He like he loves the Astros prospects, and uh, he he just talks about them every day, twenty four seven. So where can they find you on Twitter?
1: Uh, At Armlight and I appreciate the intro. And uh, also at JustBaseball, where that's at JustBaseball.com is where I've been putting out a lot of the written content as well. And a lot of really upcoming Astros prospects that I think are worthy of being excited about. So I'm excited to talk about
0: them. We got a lot to talk about today. Guys, don't forget, you can listen to all the Astros, Locked on Astros and Locked on MLB Prospects on Spotify, on Apple, on Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to go subscribe to the Locked on Astros podcast. We are on YouTube and we are so close to 600. Once we get to 600, we're going to 700 Then we're trying to get to that magical number of 1,000 and a lot of our fans keep on wanting us to get to that 1,000 for some, um, some reason. I'm still trying to figure out what that big 1,000 uh, mark is, but guys, help us get to that 1,000 mark and uh, uh, we'll have a big old uh, party on air once we get to that 1,000 mark, but uh, let's go and talk about Astros prospects. Um, I know uh, the Astros farm system is not super sexy right now, uh, but there are some players that we should be excited for, right?
1: Oh, no doubt. And I, I think there's been some guys that have emerged a bit, I wouldn't say out of nowhere, but have really taken that next step. You know, I'm sure Corey Lee is a name that you guys have been hearing a lot about, or at least people in the Astros ranks have been talking about. I think he's been incredible and could push his way up to the big league soon. Joe Perez, though, is the guy, 21 years old, uh, third baseman in A, also, that is just doing unbelievable and uh Matthew barefoot a few guys that just you wouldn't say were top 100 prospects coming into the year but are playing
2: at the level of one yeah that's awesome and it's great to hear Because all we hear from the national media is the Astros have one of the worst systems in in the league. They're at the bottom and where I think we have enjoyed a wealth of talent. Um, Some of that's been depleted, obviously, by trades, various things like that. And, you know, like Whitley, not not yet coming up and guys not working out. Or when you see prospects go away and succeed, guys like Teoscar Hernandez from a few years ago and stuff like that, you wonder, is there any hope for the Astros? Like, is this a win-now situation Guys like Corey Lee give us hope. And one of the guys that you've mentioned before or that I've seen mentioned a lot, too, is like Joe Perez. And I know he was a guy that came on the scene. He was actually a two way player. He was a pitcher and a position player could hit like 98 and then had Tommy John. But they have stuck with him as a position player. What do you think the prospects of Joe Perez making it to the Astros by what, 2022, 2023?
1: I think that's the exact timeline. I think 2022, 2023, I think by mid-season next year, he could be there. And I've been so impressed at his power. We talk about what he's able to do on the mound, what he was able to do, throwing 98, he's got a big arm. But he has such effortless power at the plate that it is really fun to watch. I think when you're able to generate power that easily, it makes it more likely that you're going to be able to consistently tap into that. I'm not comparing him to Jordan Alvarez, but you look at Alvarez and that's a guy that hits gargantuan home runs with limited effort, right? The less effort, the more you're able to repeat that swing. And if you watch Joe Perez, it looks like he's yawning when he swings. Like it's so easy for him. And I think when you're able to generate that kind of power with such ease, I'm expecting him to be a 25 home run guy at the big league level if he can continue to cut down on the strikeouts, which he's been doing exactly just that. He's impressed me beyond belief this year.
0: Uh, So you're looking at Matthew Barefoot. He was drafted in the 2019th round, in the sixth round, um, 196 overall. And he played in the Tri-City New York Pin League in 2019. He didn't play at all in 2020. This is a guy that's right now, not including tonight's game, he's batting 328, 12 homers, He's got uh, 15 stolen bases. Uh, he does have a, quite a lot of strikeouts. He's scoring a lot of runs. He's got a 996 OPS. This is a guy that seems to be able to do a little bit of everything. Uh, is this a guy who you think going to rise up in the ranks in terms of prospects rankings at by any year?
1: Uh, no doubt. I,
0: I really think that
1: you hit the nail on the head with his versatility, right? He's, he's athletic, he can hit for some power. He does come with a little bit of swing and miss issue, and that's going to be the only thing that holds him back. But so far, he's been maintaining that strikeout rate in the high 20s and high A. If he can continue to just keep it below 30, I think that he does enough where he can hit for power, he can steal bags, he can take those extra bases, that you're going to get enough value from him there. And I do believe he's going to start making his way by the mid of the middle of the season. He'll be well inside of the top 20 prospects, in my opinion, for the Astros because of his athleticism. He's got – a really smooth swing, and and he's able to do a lot of different things. He can play – I think he can play all three outfield spots, and he's an above-average corner defender. I think the Astros have done a great job developing bats. You mentioned they don't have that top, top top-end talent that you would want out of an elite farm system, but a lot of these guys have taken that next step this year, and uh, I'm a believer that a couple of Joe Perez, Corey Lee – and barefoot are going to work out. And the more guys you have like that, the better chance that a couple of them will be big leaguers for you.
2: So, you know, we have a question here, Jake Myers. I actually um, interviewed him, uh, I guess, about a week ago here at at Constellation Field. What a, what a joy it is to have a AAA team right in our backyard for the Houston Astros. And interviewing Jake Myers, he is from Nebraska. Um, He went to the University of Nebraska. He's, you know, I guess 25, 26, I believe. Someone like him who is right now hitting for power. He's hitting for more home runs now. He's actually, he's got half of his career total this year. I believe he's hit 14 or 15 home runs where he had 30, 30, 31 in his minor league career is Jake Myers a kid that you project to come up and be a utility guy or an outfield sub, or is he someone they use as a prime piece to maybe trade? I think that's somebody that you hold on to
1: and use, you know, to try to get value out of yourself because nowadays teams are always looking for that 19, 20 year old prospect. So you might not get as much value uh, trading him as you could get maybe out of him playing. What I like about a guy like Jake Myers is, that he was a pitcher through college too, right? So now he's able to focus on hitting, not only just from the standpoint of just getting more reps at the plate and just focusing on being a hitter, but he's also able to bulk up like a hitter can, right? If you're a pitcher, you're not doing as much upper body work in terms of bulking your chest and doing things that could be harmful to your shoulder uh, and to your health of your arm. Uh, you're doing more resistance stuff and, and just trying to preserve your health. Now you can bulk up, get big, add that muscle – and like you said, I think it's translating at the plate now because you're seeing a much more powerful hitter. I'm not saying that he's for sure going to turn into this guy that hits 330 in the major leagues, but the fact that he has that story there where you can say, okay, he's added strength and he's focused now on hitting, I think this guy could be a really interesting platoon option that can hit for some power uh, in an outfield spot. And, you know, if they need a boost, if if they're dealing with some injuries out there, uh, that's a really good piece that could help you Uh, In certain situations, again, especially in platoon situations, he crushes lefties. Not a bad option, and he just turned 25.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a lot of these prospects who really aren't on the top 30, but they are good players like Jake Myers. They could be the the right parts you need, like uh, parts you get at rockauto.com. So go and tell us a little bit about rockauto.com.
2: Yeah, Rock Auto, with the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to give to your local chain store and find all the parts you need because they can't stock everything. Right? So you've got this thing called the internet and, and a little device called a computer or even a mobile phone. I mean, their, their website is so easily navigable. Plus it's been owned by a family. They've been in business 20 years. They want to help you get your parts, not just cheap, but as cheap as possible. They don't overcharge you because you're not a professional mechanic. I mean, average everyday verified guys like myself, Eric and Lighten, you know, um, we we basically when we want to fix our car we want to fix it cheap we want to fix it quick we want to fix it now so we get to save 30 50 sometimes 100 percent i'm right now looking at rotors and and brake pads for my nissan titan and i and i i can't even tell you like the prices are unbelievably low so go to rockauto.com where the prices and the customer service is there for you and they deliver it to your door you don't have to go to a store you don't have to drive anywhere they bring it to you you can start working on your car, your truck. Whether, whether you need whether you need tail lamps for your minivan or whether you're Javier Reyes and you need carpet for that Cadillac that you're driving around, then you can go grab parts at rockauto.com. When you go to rockauto.com, write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliable prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
0: Speaking of Javier Reyes, he wants to know who has the worst farm system. It's got to be the Padres, right? Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding Javier yeah that's a good question
1: I, I would probably uh, the Red Sox are towards the bottom for me the Brewers I'd go Brewers I, I honestly think the Brewers might have the worst system in baseball but I mean they're playing
0: I know the Astros are kind of uh, low down there but uh, unfortunately I don't it sounds like the Red Sox and maybe the Brewers are have a worse um, farm system than the Astros so hey at least we're not the bottom yay uh, so that's good. So Larry wants to know about, uh, is there any Astros um, starter, any pitchers that uh, we should look out for? I know we kind of know the Peter Solomons and the, some of the names that have come up, but are there any uh, names that we should be looking out for?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a few different guys that that I like through this system that, that can really throw. I, I've seen questions on Brett Conine. I want to see him continue to put it together uh, on the mound. It seems like he's he's just not, totally found it for himself yet but i think hunter brown is a really interesting guy as well i mean the fastball is electric uh he's still working on the command and and that's the problem but you know if you're able to get this guy to harness his stuff a little bit he is going to be a huge strikeout guy i mean he struck out 52 and 32 innings so far this year the problem is he's also walked more than 20 i love the fastball i love the curveball and I think that the slider is also a potential plus pitch. He could legitimately have three plus offerings, which is all you need to be a great starter. The missing piece is the command. And that's the one thing. But if he can even just get average command, I think you're looking at a really, really good uh, potential, either worst case wipeout reliever, best case, a good swing and miss starter. But the fallback of being a wipeout reliever seems you know, pretty pretty possible but it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. I, I think he could be a really good back-end closer type, too.
2: Yeah, so Larry, the GM, also wants to know, he says, as an LSE baseball fan, he's stunned at the year Papyrowski is having at the plate between Lee and Papyrowski. The Astros seem to have a catching future for the first time in a long time. Where do you see those guys? Do you see Papyrowski as a guy that sticks around? Of course, Corey Lee, I think they're looking to as their future prime person to take over the catching role when Maldonado and them maybe exit stage left.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I think with Maldonado, he's, he's a great defender. He's a stopgap for now. Right. But when you're looking at, you know, what you said with Corey Lee, who I think projects as the, the true potential star catcher uh, for this team, but is is pretty darn interesting. He's a switch hitter. He's really put it together this year. I always tread a bit lightly of guys that have that triple a breakout at 25 years old. Uh, you know, you, you always wonder if that's a quadruple a guy that figured it out, but I don't think Risky is quite that guy because he's always walked a ton, always walked a ton. He's going to, you know, put the ball in play. He's going to be a consistent enough hitter. He's a decent defender. He's a switch hitter. I think that's a really, really good uh, potential backup or like fill in catcher, or if he beats Corey Lee to the big leagues, He could be a guy that holds down the starting job and you see how it goes and could end up blossoming before your eyes. I don't think he projects to be much better than a solid regular, but you could look at Corey Lee and say that guy could be a superstar. But Paparisky gives you a little bit of depth and a good fallback option in case Corey Lee hits a bit of a snag in his progression. I think the fact that he's walking a ton, he doesn't strike out. I mean, 29 walks against 30 strikeouts, really have figured it out at the plate and the defense plays. I think he's an interesting backup Catcher type that uh, would be a really solid fill-in guy if he if he needed it for the time being.
0: I know Corey Lee. The ETA, according to MLB Pipeline, is 2022 uh, to coming up to Astros. Do you see him that as a timeline, or do you uh, see maybe uh, 2023?
1: I think from what what we've seen from Corey Lee so far. I mean, I know he's only 22 years old, but he, he was added to the 60-man roster last year. He had the opportunity to it really just get that experience from a lot of the big leaguers. The fact that he does not strike out at all, like literally at all, he only has a 10% K rate right now in double a, it was only a 20% K rate in high a. I think that that could really expedite this timeline. I think the defense uh, has to come along a bit more. Uh, And as a catcher, that's obviously very important. And that might be the thing that holds him back. Uh, But, That will probably be the one thing that we need to see a bit more consistently is, you know, how is he receiving behind the dish? You know, how is he blocking? But when it comes to the offensive profile, I think he'd be ready by 2022. If the defense continues, and I think he will, he's a good athlete, I think he'll continue on this trajectory. Uh, I I really think he'll have a shot to crack the opening day roster potentially in 2022. It might be a little aggressive, but I think he's going to really impress come spring training next year and through the rest of this year. And I believe they'll give him a crack.
2: You know, we've had some guys come up quickly in the minor league baseball system. You know, Jose Altuve, when he rose up through, when he was with the um, Corpus Christi Hook, Alex Bregman had his, you know, he he lit the world on fire when he was in Corpus. We have those guys that have done that, but there are a couple, one that one that I know his trajectory is a little bit longer because he was drafted out of high school, but also the other one. So I have, I have two questions. I have one on Alex Santos. I know Alex Santos has a lot of upside. Um, he is a, one of the, one of the, probably they said one of the best prospects to come out of New York in the last 10 years. Um, his arrival time is that 2023. And do you see that? And you know, where do you project him? And then what about Forrest Whitley? What are we hearing about him? What are we hearing about when he's going to be able to join this team? Because that is what a lot of Astros fans still are wondering Where's Forrest Whitley? Yeah. You know, somebody like Forrest Whitley,
1: he's so, so talented and similar to what I was talking about with Hunter Brown. He's in even more on the scale of just has all of the tools you could possibly imagine, but you know, Tommy John surgery is different for everybody. And Whitley's a big dude that was struggling already with the command. I think they're going to really nurse him back. Uh, I don't know how quickly he will get back there, uh, but I think the second he's healthy, you got to just see if he sinks or swims at the major league level. We, we've seen him dominate as much as anybody in the minor leagues when when he's throwing strikes. But we've also seen him really struggle to throw strikes. So I think once you see him back, I'm expecting uh, by the latter half of the season we, we could potentially. Uh, it's really murky there, and I haven't been able to get much information in regards to Whitley. But – I think it's ridiculous, and I don't think Astro's fans are, but I'm just saying like maybe maybe people in the national media might be writing him off a little bit. I think it's ridiculous to write this guy off, right? This is a guy that was the one of the best pitching prospects in baseball, and he's still only twenty three years old. I think the health getting a little bit of a restart and a reset for him. He's got four potential plus pitches, and he's six foot seven. I mean, he has everything you can imagine. Uh, so I, I think you got to be patient on a guy like that as much as, I would love to see him up there, and I'm sure Astros fans would love to see him even more. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a slow rolling with Whitley. Uh, when it comes to Alex Santos, uh, the guy was born in 2002, um, which is absurd. It makes me feel old, um, and, I, and I'm young. So it's like I, when I see that, I'm like, geez, these guys, You know, it might be a little bit. But then we're seeing how players are so quickly and rapidly developing, and Santos to me is a guy that has pretty good command. Uh, from what I've seen, I've been impressed by the command. The stuff is there. Uh, I think he can beat that 2024 timeline. Uh, You know, it's, it's all going to depend on how much he's able to develop that changeup as a third pitch. I think the fastball is above average. The curveball is above average. The changeup is going to need to come along as a third pitch, but I believe in the command. And uh, like you said, one of the best prospects we've seen out in New York, not a ton of miles on his arm uh, compared to maybe some other prep prospects that threw a lot through the summer circuit. I think that Santos could beat that timeline around 2023, maybe instead um, and, and, and a guy that at six, four really does control his body well.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I guess it, it, it's kind of with these prospects, it's hard to bet on when they're going to come and come up and because there's so many different timetables and stuff you have to look at, but,
2: uh, let's talk about betonline.ag. Yeah. You know, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, whether you're betting on the Astros winning another AOS title, or you're betting on Shohei Ohtani hitting 60 home runs in the season, you need to go to Bet Online and check out all the action. Get all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action. College football is also right around the corner, so stay tuned for that. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up bonuses and contest information. I mean, hey, if you want to know how many more times the Marlins are going to plunk um, Ronald Acuna Jr., you could probably go to Bet Online. Um, that was not a shot at Locked On Marlins, but hey, <laughs> don't sit on the sidelines anymore. As this is your chance to get into the game, head the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code Locked On Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts.
0: Okay. Javier still wants to know who's the worst uh, farm system in baseball. He kind of answered it earlier, but then um, uh, I think that uh, Rob Manfred kind of messed up with his signal and he wasn't allowed to answer it. So Javier, uh, he couldn't do it. Uh, We tried, but then Rob Manfred just messed with signal. So we can't do it again because I can't, I can't have my man uh, lose his signal again. So uh, before we move on from uh, the current Astros prospects, um, is there anybody else you want to talk about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad you asked. I, and again, I think that the really interesting thing about the Astros system is when you don't have that elite, elite top end talent, which is what happens when you win a lot, which is exactly what the Astros have done, right? You're going to have a lot of late first round picks and uh, it, it's not as easy to, to load up your system. You got to develop talent. And I think they've done a really good job of that because another guy that I think has developed really well is, is Jose Siri. And I'm just interested, you know, he's 25 years old. And I, another guy that I, you know, I just want to see get a chance at the big league level. But everything that I've seen from him, I really think that he could be a solid, solid big leaguer. And some of these guys are going to exceed that expectation as well. And uh, to me, Siri is is just interesting in the respect that he has not been given uh, a fair shake, in my opinion, in a lot of a lot of his minor league career. The Reds kind of cut him loose rather quickly, and. And you know, the Astros said, let's give this guy a chance. And he swings and misses a lot. There's no doubt about that. And that is something that will always hold him back from being a very, very good regular. But I think he's such a good athlete. He's got 30-plus stolen base type of speed uh, in a game where you don't see that as much anymore. Uh, he can still hit for power. Uh, he's got 2020 type of stuff in terms of home runs and stolen bases. It's just can he hit enough? He's striking out 30% of the time. I know that's going to be an issue for him at the big league level, but again, another guy that if you deploy him against lefties, he's a freak athlete. He's a plus defender. He is a plus runner. He can hit for power. That's a good platoon guy against lefties. That um, you know, if if Straw is struggling or if you want to platoon Straw, I mean, that's your guys' expertise. But I think he's an interesting pickup, given the fact that they just signed him as you know to a minor league contract essentially and um, are giving him a go.
2: You know, it was interesting last time I was at Constellation Field to um, interview Jake Myers. Jose Siri was um, standing real close to us, and I could just tell who he was. And I could tell that he was just has a swag about him. Yeah. And I was like, is that Jose Siri? And the PR guy said, yeah, that's Jose Siri. I said, he looks like he's got swagger. He said, oh, he does. He does. And he walks around like, I mean, he knows his stuff. And so – Um, you know, I think he's ready. I think he's ready to prove himself. And I think some of that swing and miss is, I think he wants to go for the fences. I I, I think he wants to go after the long ball. And I guess in the day and time we live in with the launch angle, um, sometimes, you know, major league teams value that because 51% of all runs scored in the major leagues are off the home run. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I think if you deploy him in the right situations, right, he's not going to be playing every single day but he's a guy that I think can slot in and be and be valuable and explosive and give you that home run, give you that speed and he's just dynamic in that regard. Uh you can you can kind of pallet that swing and miss at times. Another guy that's very similar in that regard is Pedro Leon. And and I think, you know, he's got more time to work that out as it's really our first chance to see him in the minor leagues consistently. Uh and, and I think at 23 years old, he's another guy that's got in my opinion from what I've seen plus raw power and plus speed. I mean, that's a really fun combination. He's having a good year in double a given that it's his first minor league season, uh, but he's also striking out 33% of the time. The difference is he's a couple years younger. He's got more time to iron things out and I have more optimism around the fact that he will be able to work through these things, but I've seen some ETAs on him of like 2023, 2024. I think he's going to beat that, especially because of how much he's shown a comfort in double a yes he could be hitting better 236 347 419 is the slash line which is still good for a 110 wrc plus which means he's 10 percent above average in his first season starting right in double a Uh, i think that he's another guy that could be 2020 if he can hit enough and uh with the defense that he's able to play at shortstop too i think that takes some pressure off the bat um I know that it's not looking like maybe I might be wrong, but Carlos Correa may not be returning. Uh, He won't be ready to go next year, but that could be one of the guys that ends up being, you know, an emergent future uh, shortstop for you. But I also think Jeremy Pena uh, is another interesting guy that uh, is a really, really good uh, bat that just is is not healthy yet needs to return, but there's some other interesting middle infield prospects. And again, I, I think that they don't get enough love in this Astros system uh, there, there is still some talent in there.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I, I know looking kind of at the Astros uh, draft, uh, let's kind of switch gears a little bit. I want to talk a little about the draft. Um, I know the Astros, I don't want to go into why, but the Astros obviously don't have uh, picks in the first two rounds. And I know that, that their first pick will be uh, pick, uh, what is it, Pick, um, pick 87. And then they will have pick 117. And then they'll get pick 132 for George Springer. And then they'll have uh, um, that's So basically they'll get three picks in the first uh, 132. So um, uh, can they still get good players in the first? um, Can they get three good players in those first uh, 132 picks?
1: Yeah. You know, I think in this draft, ironically, um, and I'm not even saying this to, to, I like you guys, but I'm not saying this to make you guys feel better, but, It's super top-heavy in the top 10 picks or so. And if you're not in the top 10 picks, to me, like there's a lot of talent in every draft, and there's a lot of – I would say it's super deep in regards to once you get outside the top 10, it's pretty consistent the rest of the way where there's a drop-off outside the top 10, but there's still a lot of talent because a lot of these college players, they had to come back with the draft shortened to five rounds. And with that happening, you have a lot of really good – three, four-year college guys, five-year college guys that are going to fall because they're not as, is as young, but you could still get some really talented ball players with those picks. And the good news is they have three selections in that range. Uh, And I think there's going to be a lot of really talented college bats and arms that the Astros will be able to get. And I, I guess, so to speak, there's never a good draft to only be able to pick in the third round on, but this is one of those drafts where it's probably one of the better times to do it because you'll have so much college talent in this year's uh, this year's draft that we've never seen before uh, because of last year's five-round
2: draft. You know, and you never know with these draft picks. I believe Mike Piazza was like a 31st round or 39th round draft pick. I mean, yeah. you never know with these guys. And, I mean, hey, Mark Appel, I mean, does anybody remember yeah. that guy? I mean, that, that guy was a bust. I mean, and you look across the leagues you know, Greg Odom to bring in the random NBA guy that, yeah. that, that Portland got was a complete bust. And so I think the Astros system and Aaron, you can, you, you can, you can speak to this every player that I've interviewed um, at, at the minor league level for the Astros have always said that they love the way the Astros develop them. They always seem to improve year in and year out. Is that the feeling across the league? What you hear about the Astros farm system?
1: A hundred percent because of one thing that stands out to me more than anything, and it's I mean, just was talking to a couple a couple players in the minor leagues right now, and you know what's the one thing that the Astros do that nobody else does? They pay for their players' housing, or, or they take care of their players' housing. That goes a long way. I mean, we're talking about players that have to decide, you know, what, how they're going to eat, what meal, how they're going to do what, and the fact that they have to, you know, try to find a way to make ends meet while trying to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball is ridiculous. And the the good news for an Astros prospect is that you can focus more on baseball. I'm sure that plays a big part in it. I really do. I I think that's really underestimated in that regard. The other thing is that I I just believe they have done a really good job of developing their talent because they they invest in the staff there. Clearly, they're willing to put money into player development if they're willing to be the only team that provides furnished housing for their prospects. They also do a really good job of putting money into their development system. And I think when they look at their team now, they're saying, or their system now, they're saying, okay, we're not going to have as much top end, top 100 type of prospects, but we can develop some guys that we like, that we identify in the third round and say, we can take this guy to the next level and being a top 100 prospect. And uh, I I think that's something that has definitely stood out to me with the Astros is a lot more of their talent is homegrown or came at least through their system uh, as guys that they acquired in the minor leagues uh, compared to some of the other uh, bigger teams and well-known teams uh, in the American league. I mean, the the Yankees are a great example of a team that does not grow their own talent Um, and it's finally coming back to bite them.
0: All right. So looking at the Astros trade deadline coming up uh do the astros have enough to maybe go out and get another reliever i think that's all they really need prospect wise without having give up maybe a corey lee or one of the bigger prospects do they have enough depth um maybe they'll have to give up maybe a toro or something like that
1: uh, i think that's that's a really good question and um you know, it depends. It depends what. You know, what do you think the Astros are going to be going after here? I'll, I'll bounce you back a question, then I'll answer it.
2: Oh, you. Oh, you want to. Oh, are you? Are you bouncing the question back? Back to. Back to us.
1: Yeah, I want to know but like if, w- what are the Astros going after?
0: Um, uh, probably a reliever. That's the only thing I can see. I think yeah. that we're pretty deep in the rotation. I would I would have said earlier in the season a center fielder, but I think Myles yeah. Straw has answered that bell. And if yeah. not, then we have Jose Siri, who might be ready mid season. So I think the only weakness would be a reliever at this point, point. and they really don't have a lot of uh, room under luxury tax threshold, really.
2: So I was so I was looking at the relievers that are available. I know Iglesias is um, is probably available there in Anaheim. I know I know. Kennedy, um, in Arlington, I know Rodriguez, but I believe the pirates are asking a, a, a basically a massive ransom in (laughs) order for them to get that. So those are the guys that I think are out there.
1: Yeah. I, I, if if that's the target, a hundred percent, the Astros have enough to, to go get a guy like that because they do have, I would say there's prospects that are not in the top 100 list. That team still would value as a top 100 caliber prospect, if that makes sense. And I would put Freudis Nova in that conversation of the right team. You know, some team might be lower. There's some polarizing prospects like that, but the right team may see Nova as a top 100 talent, and that could be you know a match where you give up a Nova and get a really really good reliever. Uh, I, I think any of those guys could get you uh, the the type of return. If you decide that you don't know if Hunter Brown's going to be able to throw strikes the the way that uh, you hope he can, he can get you a really darn good reliever because if I'm trading a reliever, I'm happy to take on a volatile but high upside guy like Hunter Brown. Uh, Any of those players I think can get you along with a couple little fill-in prospects can definitely get you a a stud reliever, in my opinion. Uh, I would just say don't trade Pedro Leon. uh, Don't trade Corey Lee. Uh, and, and you don't have to, I wouldn't trade Santos either, but from the rest of those guys, I I do believe you can, you can get a pretty solid reliever from what they have. Uh, you're not going to be able to go get, uh, Marte, uh, but they don't need him because you know, the Astros can hit as well as anybody in baseball. So given what they need, I I think they'll have no problem being able to go get uh, a reliever uh, if, if they need one.
0: All right. Go and tell us a little bit about the lockdown MLB podcast. Um, uh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so thank you. I I talk about basically every system. uh, Whenever
1: I get a chance, I I try to do a full breakdown on each farm system, so I'll be doing that at the midseason mark. But it's really just like you hit on every single day like it is with the Astros – daily podcast or the Marlins daily podcast, where I'm just trying to keep everybody up to date with the latest happenings in the minor leagues. You know, who's hot, who's doing well, who's struggling because it's so much to keep up with. Right. And I, and I just want to provide as much analysis from what I've seen firsthand and uh, just be able to communicate, you know, whatever people want to know. I'll answer questions and, and let those kind of steer the episodes, but whether it's an episode about the most underrated prospects in the minors or guys that I think I'm worried about or whatever it is, uh, I'm always just trying to talk about what's going on in the minors. And of course, now we're talking a lot about the draft coming up and uh, guys that should be on your radar. I- I'm always just trying to uh, get people's attention on players that I think uh, deserve more attention uh, like a Hunter Brown or, you know, like some of the other players I've mentioned here. And uh, that's something I always like to do. Um, and it's, it ties in nicely with uh, just baseball.com, which I just launched. And I'm really excited about uh, where it's, it's kind of a one-stop shop for everything in baseball where you uh, we're going to have everything from prospects to major leagues to college to fantasy. And, and you can check it out now. The, the uh, site is live. And uh, a lot of my prospect info from locked on, I put on over there. And then also I do a player interview about every two weeks or so with a player throughout the minor leagues um, from any system. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about all of those things.
0: All right. So, uh, thank you for coming on. It was awesome to have you and all your insight onto the Astros farm system from an outside source. I mean, not because we tend to be Homerisms, uh, Homers over here. So, it's good to hear an outsider's point of view. So, guys, get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you with all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And, guys, uh, we're going to look at at the A series, but we, uh, we we had this great little conversation. Um, you want to briefly talk about Game One real quick, Brett? Uh, we really don't have time, but it's going to be Chris Bassett, who's nine and two with a three point zero four ERA versus frommer Valdez, five and one with a two point eighteen ERA. Uh, so it's. The Astros go win. Let's just let's just call it like that.
2: <laughs> well, I think the Astros walk out of here with a three-game sweep of the Oakland A's. I think they're on fire, getting ready. They're licking their chops because Oakland's in town, the New York is in town, and this is the perfect week for the Astros to make a statement and to really separate themselves in the American League West. I think this is a very important series against the Oakland A's and Frambois Valdez is going on the mound against Bassett. I think Frambois goes out and does a great job and the Astros get game one.
0: All right. What do you think, Aaron?
1: I've been so impressed with Valdez. My goodness. I I think he's going to, I think he's going to keep dealing. Uh, he's been a huge bonus for the Astros and has really made me a lot more optimistic on him. Uh, Cause that was my question, right? was how, how consistent is the pitching going to be, you know, with, with Verlander on the shelf and some of those things. But, granky has been amazing. Valdez has been incredible. I I, I think the Astros are going to keep rolling. And, uh, I, I loved the vengeance that they had last year, you know, to kind of prove that they could win anyways, uh, that they don't need, you know, that none of it was, was the reason why they won. And I mean, they were really close to getting back to the world series. And, uh, I'm interested to see how they do it this year again, because that offense is potent. And uh, I also wanted to say thank you to everybody in the comment section. I appreciated uh, all the questions and uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, answering all the Astros stuff and uh, looking forward to what should be a fun postseason.
0: All right. That's all we got for this episode of the Lock On Astros podcast. We'll be back tomorrow, hopefully discussing another Astros victory. Go Astros. And we'll talk to you tomorrow.